Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Make It Done cast, the funnest podcast in town. The only podcast around, and we are after dark, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. It is... Almost 1 a.m. It is 12.51. It is officially the last day of Fortnite OG. And we're spending it not playing Fortnite well, OG. Well, I might later, but I'm not going to play it right now. Or no. Probably you're not going to get home until go 4. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's not too out of the... See, okay, I've had a crazy last... The, the, yesterday, I did not sleep at all. Like, I just did not go to bed at any point and then i just did my day after that um and then today i slept for like a lot of time and then i woke up and then i had to go to work and then i had a crazy day at work because i had a billion million people come to work uh and then now i'm here at 1 a.m doing this yes i've also had a very busy week i was out of town until like 4 p.m earlier today and then i had a thing to do all evening and i haven't had any time to prepare for the show I've made almost no notes. Which is why for the first our time... Our set is cluttered and we, are we outdated. We have one Christmas decoration. I put... Uh, on the shelf that you can't see, I put some Christmas yeah, movies up there. And we, as always, we have our... We could have... We, you know, we Christmas could in the Stars album. up with the cameras so they could see the set. Yeah. It's always been an option. When we move everything around... I've gotten some stuff out. There's just, some stuff that we haven't set up. The Christmas Vacation posters over there. I just haven't it's put it up cool. on the wall we yet. Can't, we, we could show you, but we're not going to move the camera it's, around. It's... This is like the most slapdash show I think we've ever done. This, this is, is not even our normal table. Yeah, we got a different table right now because uh, I didn't know cramped. where the other table was. Yeah, so uh, we're working. But we are here and we are ready to get rolling. Let me give you guys a brief rundown of what we got for you guys today. We got Suicide Squids anime. We got Avengers news. Dave Filoni news. We got Fortnite news for the first time in a while. Actual Fortnite news. And new Karate Kid news. Is it related to one of the old ones? Is it related to all of them? You'll just have to wait and see. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, and of course. <laughs> uh, we also got reviews for Napoleon Wish, and I'm going to talk maybe about Scott Pilgrim, because I also watched that. that. new anime show that I did not watch. It's, it's fine. Um, anyway, let's start off, Sam. Let's the, talk about some Suicide The Suicide quiz. Squad anime. Let me, uh, let me pull that uh, trailer up real You keep saying quick. Suicide uh, Suicide Squids? Yes, it's a joke. I'm afraid that that people will think you're that we have a news story about like, squids that are like killing themselves. Well, that would be what, m probably more interesting than, than this This is. This. Although this does, it doesn't look bad. It, it just looks look fine. Bad. It just, it looks like it a looks Suicide exactly Squad like cartoon an, like show. like an anime for Suicide Squad. I think it's animated by the same studio that did Cyberpunk, the characters that he's Um. So Sam, this is called Suicide Squad Isekai for which uh, the uninitiated, what does that mean? That means another world. Isekai quite literally translates directly to another world. It is a genre of anime that was popularized in 2012 by the series uh, Sword Art Online, which I do not recommend. It is really dumb. Uh, but that's what made it popular. Uh, the, the most popular Isekai is probably Digimon. Uh, but it's become a very popular genre. Like 80% of what anime is post-2012 is mostly isekai-type stories where a character is zooted into a fantasy world uh, and then has to learn how to fight with swords and magic and, you know, whatever other 
D&D knockoff events yeah, that Yeah, this one, it looks like the Suicide Squad is in, like, a weird goblin dimension. Yeah, they're in a fan. So, Isekai stories usually take place in, like, generic fantasy worlds. So, like, Lord of the Rings, but with more yeah, dragons, Yeah, there's, like, pigmans and, uh... Goblins, dragons orcs, and, and dragons are usually the the most in slime. So here's slime our here's too. our Suicide Squad lineup for the show. We got Harley Quinn, uh, of course. Oh, obviously, I mean she's Deadshot, Peacemaker, Clayface, and King Shark. So there's only five, and, and then Joker also is also in it. And though. then the so the Joker is in it, but he's probably not on the actual Suicide Squad. He usually he's probably isn't. just about and around and doing mischief. He's probably going to be in the the real world and trying to get them out of the, the isekai world. What studio did this? Uh, let's I'm trying to figure out. Let's pull Wit it Studio. What's Wit done? Oh, they've done a bunch of stuff. They've Wit done uh Vinland did Saga. The Spy Family, one of Spy, Spy Family's thing. airing currently. That's that's a very popular show. Uh, they, oh, they did um they Vinland did the fourth Saga. season. They did the fourth season of Attack on Titan. Like th- these guys are these guys are big power. This I is know you love Vinland Saga. They did Vinland that. Saga is really really good. They did that. Um, yeah, they've just done like a ton of really really good stuff. Um, they do have a uh, they do occasionally have quality control issues because they'll be doing a really really high profile show and a not very high profile show at the same time, and then they'll just like give no budget to the not high profile one. But this is a Warner Brothers production, so I assume they got they which got means big it probably has money. the lowest budget they've ever done. Yeah, no, they they probably gave it big boy money because this is an adaptation of a Western property, and they want to make themselves look cool. Because anyway, they know that know. a lot of new people are going to be watching this. Is the su- is the Suicide Squad brand like? Do you think it can be big? I don't think it'll be big, but like it's big enough to get more viewers watch because like like it's big enough the first movie did really well it was po- everyone hated it but it did really well and then they did the second one which not as many people which watched. not as many it, saw it was much, was much better acclaimed. but it didn't it didn't do as well so i don't know i feel like warner brothers wants this to be like like a, like on a guardians of the galaxy level i don't them. i don't really see this as necessarily like a play to make suicide squad more popular. i'm just i'm just i'm just asking like generally because like dc's obviously like trying like their main goal right now is to like re-solidify it's like core kind of elements i think harley quinn as a character brand is big enough to like be a she basically is a, a mainstay in the dc universe at this yeah point. but the suicide squad is a brand i don't think necessarily is i i don't think but I don't think they really, I don't think they're really trying to make it a big thing. Like they've done a couple major, and I think the scale is big because there's always going to be a lot of characters in those movies. But I don't necessarily think like that's going to be one of their tent poles. Like, well, going I'm not quite sure about Harley Quinn because you think like she was in the Suicide Squad, didn't do great. She got her own movie, it didn't do great. Obviously, she's got her cartoon show that's which has done really good. I, I feel like Harley... But, like, but what's the, the... Birds of Prey was not even that bad. It was just like really... Yeah, not, it also didn't it come just, out at a great time. Yeah, it, it came, came out in the right middle of COVID. COVID. It came and out like, like a month before. The, the, the first Suicide Squad movie made a billion million dollars. Yeah. And that was largely in part because Margot Robbie is hot and people wanted to that see it, her I would say in that, a small outfit. I would say that accounted for at least 40% of the box. Yeah, that's like... She's, Harley Quinn is popular enough to... to Drawn, I think that's DC's dilemma with Harley Quinn is that she's she sells tickets because she's hot, but like I think they feel that they have to like not 
like have a character there. Well, as I think well. I think the the animated cartoon does a really good job of of giving her sort of a more interesting character. She's yeah. at least like she has a very strong characterization in that show that I feel like most versions of her don't really have. Which that just got picked up for season five. five Are yeah. they on? Yeah, yeah, they just did season four, which was pretty good. I liked it. Harley Quinn is one of those shows where like. You, you you know you it's never bad but it's never like something it's kind of like I've, I've seen a couple episodes of it i haven't seen the whole thing but i, I feel like it's kind of like batman brave and the bold but like on an adult level if you remember it's like that batman cartoon brave and the bold if every character was on crack for the whole show yeah like it's it's like it's batman brave and the bold after dark like it's that yeah kind of thing. like clayface is like wants to be an opera singer and an actor and so he murders an actor and shapeshifts into him to like get roles like it's it's just silly goofy stuff like it's not it, it, it does not take itself seriously at all and i'm yeah. pretty sure characters have straight up died and come back yeah and i know they no spoiler i know they like killed scarecrow they killed like straight like, up i think the entire justice league <laughs> during the second season of the show so <laughs> um but right. yeah that's, that's pretty much all i have to say will you watch squad. this Oh, well, you watch probably it. will. This is the, the, the animation looks really high quality, and I'm you know I watch anime and I watch DC stuff. I see no reason why I wouldn't at least give this a shot. I will. Eh, I might check it out. I don't know. There, you are not allowed to watch this and not watch Attack on Titan. Okay, but Attack on Titan is not based on a DC comic. They're comic. animated by the same company. Your lines care. are drawn in absurd places. They're completely arbitrary and they don't make any sense. But that's fine. So if it's a if it's a DC I've character, seen some it's not of an Star anime? Wars visions. And I don't count that okay, as but, having watched. But those an anime. are like those are not those. That's like a one-off, non-syndicated project. This is like an actual. This is going to be like eight episodes. This has the word isekai in the title. Yeah, and it's probably going to be like eight episodes. And if they're like twenty-two minutes long, I'll binge it in like an afternoon. That's a dumb. That's you're dumb. It's okay. like uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about the Kang Dynasty so, switcheroo. We've been talking uh, for like a past couple months now about uh, Marvel's very Marvel Studios various. Marvel is just cannot take only takes L's recently. Well, there are various behind-the-scenes uh, issues and and problems with talent and so forth. They got problems. Going so on. it was recently announced uh, this past week that Michael Waldron is going to screen be the screenwriter for Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, which just lost its director. Who was? It was uh, supposed to be to Destin too. Daniel Cretton, who did Shang Chi One. Uh, he's now leaving to quote-unquote, solely focus on Shang-Chi 2. Which is, uh, if you think about it for even a minute, uh, an absurd idea. Why on earth would you... Would choose you... that over the Avengers yeah, film. Yeah, choose Shang-Chi, a character that no one even knew existed before the movie came out, to, uh, to now, instead of the highest profile I'm sure Shang-Chi 2 was probably going to come out before Avengers. Is it, though? I don't think it's on the schedule. It's yet. not on the schedule, but I feel like it was probably going to come out before that, and he probably wasn't going to be able to do it then. And I feel like obviously this this whole production situation is such a mess he was like well i might as well leave and kind of do my safe bet which is like the shang chi thing because they kind of uh, let him do his own thing on that first one they didn't yeah. have as much interference do you think that, that they're gonna try to shoehorn t the 10 rings into the like Avengers? oh yeah because they did set it they up that, like, they, they tease it in the yeah movie. they say that they're communicating with something but with they never something say in what space. it is i think it's probably gonna be a kang i feel like one of the kangs is probably gonna have made the rings you, it's not going to be a Darben's. I also think blood. one of the no, they're going to be linked. Like the king, that's probably what they were beeping off of each other with. Yeah, that's what I. One would... of the kings probably built the bracelets, and one of the kings probably built the the different bracelets. But the bracelets <gasps> is from the space, the space 
Hindu people. What is the... No, yeah, those are from another dimension, from aren't the they? space Pakistanis. Yeah, well, there was probably a space Pakistani Kang. <laughs> That's a sentence. <laughs> <who made. laughs> the bracelets that opened portals in the sky. And then sure. a different one. Made some rain. Asian... Asian Asian Kang. Asian Kang, actually, yeah, Asian Kang made. Can he? But isn't he different obligated not to be Asian? Well, he can. Doesn't he legally? Have well, he to has not to be. be he has to be Jonathan Majors, but he could culturally appropriate Asian so, culture. So wait, Jonathan Majors is gonna do what? Even is that Asia face? What is that? What like what? yellow face? I don't. Is that a thing? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, but like, is that a thing? Yeah. Other than that one, comedian I'm not gonna guy show from, you what it other is. Other than that one comedian guy from the early 2000s, like, has is anyone else doing that? Yeah, when anyone does like an Asian stereotype voice and like peels their eyes back, so he's gonna do that for a movie. Yeah, I hope he does he's that. Gonna yeah, do Kung Fu that's gonna go over gonna, great. That's gonna be that's gonna go along with Disney Denton. with Disney's new uh, dumb it down for the audience plan. Yeah, that's gonna that's a great <laughs> choice. That's Disney's really making the moves. no, but um, this is all this is not real, by the way. No. That's not we have that's probably no, not gonna uh, happen. But We're the, making a joke. No, here. but the Kang making the bracelets is gonna happen though. That will probably at some point somehow <clears throat> be related, but th that's not gonna. What we said is not what's no, going to happen. Yes, unless it does, <laughs> and then we are right. And that would be really um, insane. It would be if really being right. That would be uh, oof. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so Michael Waldron is now going to do Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. He's going to write both of them by himself. Uh, Jeff Loveness was supposed to do Kang. He's been let go. Yeah, um, that's fine. Why would you not? So they have... replaced a Rick and Morty writer with a with a different Rick and Morty writer. So okay, obviously to be fair, they're learning. He's their only written one episode of Rick and Morty. I looked. I looked into it. Yes, but he was in the writers' room for that whole season. That's where they hired him from. I would rather have one guy write both movies than two guys. So he's written six movies. things. Because these movies are effectively going to be one movie. He wrote uh, one episode of Rick and Morty, which I believe was the toilet episode from like season four or five. Which one is the toilet? The one where Rick episode? wants to sit on a toilet. Oh, that episode's good. Uh, he wrote an animated short called The Black Hole. I don't know what that is. He wrote Doctor Strange 2. It's a movie. He wrote additional dialogue for the Avengers uh, cruise line attraction. I don't know what that even means, but okay. He created and he was the creator of the show Heels, which is on Stars. Never heard of that. It's got Stephen Amell in it Let's from Arrow. Let's do things that like people have heard of. And then he, of course, did the first season of Loki. Okay, that's good. Everyone likes Loki. Yeah, but the rest of this. <laughs> okay, that Rick and Morty episode's good, and that's the only other thing on that list I've even heard of. Okay, so. but keep in mind, does Kang Dynasty Secret Wars sound more in the multiverse of madness direction or more in the loki direction it could be either based one. on concept alone they're both multiverse stuff loki is like multiverse cop and dr strange but dr was like, strange had more of honestly what... dr strange was less multiverse related than loki was like by far but multiverse had more of what hang dynasty and secret it had wars multiverse are probably going in to the be name, more like but it's like it had nothing to do with the multiverse there's one scene where they go to the paint dimension and that's like it most of it is like not multiverse related so you think he'll do a good job i'm optimistic i think he can do a good job i don't know if he will but he can i don't know we I know from loki that he can do a I good job i feel like they should have uh like i'm fine if he's working on it i feel like they should have brought someone else in why? I don't think it's smart to have him do it. Why? Because he's who else? He's essentially writing in? a six-hour. Okay, this is a guy who's written one feature screenplay before, 
and you're now asking him to write the six-hour conclusion to your he multi-billion dollar saga. He wrote a six-hour-long Loki movie. Not by himself. He had a writer's room to help him do that. Yeah, but you think, and then not he gonna, didn't even do the second. You season. think that they're not going to have other dudes helping him? With I the feel Avengers like there will movie? be several suits who you walk don't think in. Disney's going to be like, "All right, here's him. <coughs> he knows this thing. He's going to help." They're going to have guys helping him. He's not writing the movie like straight by himself, like locking himself in a room. Well, he's going to be the only credited screenwriter, which means he's writing at least seventy-five percent of the movie by himself. That's fine. He can do that. I'm also recovering from a cold, by the way. This is the ideal podcasting scenario. I think he'll be okay. I I think he can do fine. I don't know if he will, but he has shown potential. He has. What happened to to the old like duo? What happened to Marcus and McFeely? Didn't they used to do all these? What that was the guys who did like Infinity War and Endgame and. Winter Soldier oh, and yeah, Civil I don't War. Know. They, they were did they good. just they just quit after Endgame? They probably just got burnt out. They probably just wanted to do other things. Yeah. I would have... You know what? I would have brought in... I would have had Michael Waldron and the Loki Season 2 guy do it. I mean, Loki Season I would have had them work on it together. I feel like both Loki Seasons were like equal in quality. That's what I'm saying. Bring in both of them. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. I think that would have been a better idea. But I don't know. I think it... Though... The director they pick for that, I think, is going to largely determine what I think. Those... Who did they pick as the director? They haven't. They're, oh, they haven't. They're both they haven't blank right now. I might. Didn't uh, didn't the um, there were some rumors the Russo brothers already say that they like they would they do wanted it if they to were asked? they would do Secret Wars, but they Why haven't don't been asked. Because I th- every movie they've done that hasn't been Avengers has been like real bad and not. Yeah, but well. they've done really and good everything Avengers. they directed. I will say that they produced. Uh, they technically produced everything everywhere all at once. So. That I mean, doesn't what else count. have they directed? The the movie they did with the, the bridges. What they else? did the Gray Man. You remember that? That was a Netflix film from a year ago. Hey, that doesn't. That's a. Netflix they did movie. the Tom Holland movie where he plays like a soldier with PTSD. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, they did one other one. I forget. They're doing a. They made the Bridges movie. Twenty one bridges produced or whatever the, it was called. They, yeah, they produced the. Bridges I thought they directed movie. that. No, they didn't direct it because they were doing Infinity War while that was going on. I thought that was after Infinity War. It came out like right before, but they were shooting Infinity oh, War when okay. they were shooting that movie. But well, anyway, whatever. They could definitely do it. No, I feel like They'd be fine. if they hire like Joe Schmo, no name director to do one of these, then it we know it's going to be a studio yeah. nightmare. If they hire like, there was rumors they did that Sam Raimi was going to be approached. I don't, I don't think he would do this. I don't know if I want Sam Raimi to do an Avengers. But movie. I feel like I would be like, okay, they hired a guy who will at least like make decisions. Yeah, but and I have like ideas. Sam Raimi, I think for Doctor Strange was a really smart pick. Yes, and Do- I think he should do the third one. And yeah, I would be perfectly fine with him doing another Doctor Strange because as as much as Doctor Strange was a mess, it is a mess because of the context that it exists the screenplay not necessarily because of the movie like itself it's not poorly directed the screenplay is bad the the screenplay is bad because of like what the movie had to be not because of what the movie is you know what i mean but what i i don't think sam raimi is a big avengers team-up movie kind of guy i don't know if he has the the focus i think he that kind of he also I think he's a guy that likes particular characters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I don't he, think he would give everyone the attention that they Yeah, deserve. I feel like he would just kind of pick like his his It would be it would be a Doctor Strange him. movie with an Avengers. Well, movie. no. 
this, this is going to have Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in it. Yeah, so it presumably. Would have, it would have, to, it would so have who, like, yeah. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange would be the main character. Which is fine that he likes those guys. I think uh, you need him to like have the particular approach for doing like specific characters, but... But I, I a, do think they need. Movie, I don't think. I that's think the they right need. Call. Yeah, that kind of broader vision. I I think we talked about this a few months, like a year ago, probably at this point. I think John Favreau should do it. He's John not. Favreau would do a fine job. Uh, he's not very active in Star Wars right now. Yeah, he's kind of. It would be out. a full circle thing because he did Iron Man one. Yeah, let him do it. I think he would be a good choice. Although for this. I don't know if he would though, because Robert Downey Jr. not in it, and they like he's... are friends. I think he would still do it. And I mean, Robert Downey Jr. might show up. I don't know, but like. I think he would still do it. I think they'd have to pay him a lot of money, but I feel like he's got enough experience in this realm to be able to handle it. He could this. do it. I would trust him to handle it. Like he yeah. could definitely do a good job with it. I just don't know if getting him would be realistic right now. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that's right. that. Um, speaking of suits and star Wars, speaking of uh, people who make star Wars things, Dave Filoni, uh, did a big long interview with vanity fair, uh, this past about a week and a half. Did he have his hat on? Uh, well, it was like a written interview, but I'm assuming he did. Do you think the hat comes off, or do you think it's just? I've seen him without scalp? the hat. Nah, it's he, a Photoshop. I saw image. him. He did like that's he, AI generated. When he was at Star Wars Celebration, he took it off nah, when he was doing do like interviews. There's a goblin in his hat that controls him. <laughs> there's a Star Wars goblin. That it's George in Lucas. Hat. Yeah, there's a. It's like he turned himself into a tiny it's little like goblin, but, but he's it's a George Lucas and puppets him around. <laughs> um, it's just. The bits are only going to get worse from here. We're yes. all too tired for this. Uh, <laughs> so he did a big, long interview with Vanity Fair. Uh, and in it, he kind of just like softly announced that he's now the chief creative officer. I thought he for already Star was. Wars. I was fully under the impression that this was a, something that happened in like Apparently it's happened, a, it happened like a few months ago. But he talked about kind of what that meant. He said he doesn't have any like real power. He can't cancel things or like green light them. What is the point? He said now he just has a, a bigger hand in development early on in projects instead of being like brought in halfway through production to like fix things that are already busted from conception. That's just weird. Like, what's the point of this job if he can't do anything other than just like creative input? He will now he can like see what they're doing because before like he would before they were like he had his little corner and then everything else that was going on like they yeah, didn't no want to look at. Over. Now I think he is, just has the ability He's to got like, his hand in everything. see that everything everything that's going on. <laughs> And he also confirmed in that interview that he's working on an outline for a potential Ahsoka season two, which has not been greenlit. It has How, not been picked what? up for a second season. I thought that that was going to be a movie. He is good. It's going to be a movie, but it's also going to, there is going to be a movie that'll like wrap. Okay. All of season one of Ahsoka could have probably been cut down into a movie. Cause basically only one thing happens in the show. Thrawn comes back. That's like yep. spoilers. Thrawn comes back. That's basically all that happens in the show. They take six episodes. Eight to, hours of to television happen, and Thrawn goes and like, from Walmart Sabine back to his house. Has like a small character arc, and Ahsoka has like a little bit of a character arc, but that's basically it. Um, yeah, I I would like to see the Ahsoka show start. That would be an interesting thing to see happen. Um, sure. I mean, he obviously set it up for a second season. Like no way. So I don't know the what show that didn't even end and just kind of barely started yeah, is gonna I'm... get more a show. No way. I hope there's a season two. Like okay, if they had said that Mandalorian season two hadn't been greenlit yet, I I could when that came out, I'd be like, well, you know, they could they could make another season. They could leave it where it is. Like this is a new guy. The story kind of wrapped up. Okay, whatever. This is like a show that like just stopped 
I feel in the like middle of going. Like, yes, they're gonna make another part of it. I do think it's going to be picked up. Uh, the first, the viewership for season one wasn't like great, but it wasn't like rancid. So it definitely was good enough to be. I think they'll two. do a There's season no two. I think even if it didn't get, I feel like if any of these like Filoni verse like movie build up things ever get canceled just prematurely, make version of them. I feel like what he'll end up doing is just have the never, the next season of the Mandalorian just be whatever the next Dave season of the Filoni thing will will stop at no end to finish the story that he's making. Like I feel like he, he will cannibalize other shows yeah, to make sure he, that the thing he wants he to would happen hundred percent just turn the Mandalorian into another season of Rebels. Which just because would be fine because the Mandalorian ended in season three. It'd be fine so for you who watched all me. of Star Wars Rebels, but for your average viewer, I think it'll be a little confusing. Okay, but the average viewer is not even watching Mandalorian anymore. I had who was I talking no, to? No, that's the other not day? true. I talked to someone the other day, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I'm really excited for Mandalorian season three to come out." No, no, that was at the the, the Thanksgiving party. Our fam was it? Uh, our aunt said that, or was it Charles? Some one of someone we're related to. Was like, oh yeah, yeah, Mandalorian season two was so cool. When does season three come out? But no. I'm like, dude, it was out for a whole year. It's been out since <laughs> last <March>. December. <laughs> so you had time to watch it. It's been out. Um, but yeah, I think uh, people just kind of don't care. It doesn't really matter what they do. No, the Mandalorian season three had like solid viewership. So I, I but that yeah, it's their flagship. There, there show. is an audience. I think the. The, the problem with these shows is they just take so long for these second seasons to come out. That's well, the Mandalorian thing. season two was only a year. See, yeah, that was, was a year. So it like built. Yeah. The audience went up. And even with Mandalorian and then took, season three, there was Boba Fett, but that was still mostly about but the But most people didn't know that that was that, what that was. That they was thought a, it was the Boba Fett show. That was a poorly named semi-follow-up to Mandalorian. They should have changed the name to something else. It should not have been about... The or Boba they should have just made a Boba Fett show. They should have just made a Mandalorian season and not a Boba Fett show at all because clearly they didn't have any ideas for the Boba no, Fett No, I feel show. like that's... I think that's a, a, a way broader problem with with I've streaming watched, um, television in general. Did you see Drew Gooden's Star Wars video? I, I saw he made it. I haven't, I haven't had He made a really it. good point where the best Star Wars shows they make are they take lesser-known characters and put them in the Star Wars world. And the least interesting shows are they have a really big-name character and they have to put they have to create a situation for them to be in like the obi-wan show you have obi-wan okay now what does obi-wan do whereas in the andor show it's the world exists and andor has to do things not what does he do it's you know how does he do well like, yeah why i is, think the things they do are important star wars obviously had uh and i mean there's there they've literally talked about it themselves people who are in charge over there that when Disney bought them in 2014, they brought a bunch of executives in a boardroom together and said, what are properties we can spin off? Like, that was a real discussion. Well, that, and that's that. And they said, we can do an Obi-Wan movie. We can do a Yoda movie. We can do a Boba Fett. We can do all these things, right? Yeah. And I think they were just working off of a list of names and just like, okay, uh, <sighs> Boba Fett's next. What can we do with Boba Fett? What is what do we know about Boba Fett? And like that, I mean, that was what that was what Solo yeah. was. And Solo that, was let's do a Han Solo movie. And so then they watched the original trilogy and said, like, all right, what are these tiny bits of information that were throwaway lines? What can we extract that we can then like 
loosely string together into a two-hour narrative. Which is, that's kind of how Star Wars has always been. Like, that, the whole, the Clone Wars was a throwaway line from episode four that they blew up into five seasons I of television I think the difference between that is that George wrote that line in 1977, knowing that, that like, at least a little bit what that was, and then he thought about it in his home no, for what, 30 what years. What the Clone Wars originally was before they made the prequels was it was a bunch of clone Jedi that but were that was not other Jedi. that was not George doing that that was comic writers just like spitballing on what they yeah, thought it was they didn't have like, anything established I think that. George had a lot of that stuff in there because I think he really did have a lot of depth of thought about he the thought world about, he wanted to build a cool world he, he thought about this stuff yeah. and none of them maybe Dave Filoni does but I don't think any of them ever do I think they think, think about what they need to I think George thought okay <coughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's a Jedi. Why are there no other Jedis? Like, the clones killed them. I think George, as just as a general person and as a creative, was very curious about the world he was creating. Yeah, he wanted... I don't think anyone working there now is really Aside cares. from Dave Filoni. I think Dave Filoni is the only person who will come up with interesting ideas to put in they, Star Wars. Because they don't... I don't even think that's that. They, I'm talking about world building. I know, ideas. I know. I, I'm saying like I think the general creative team over there. I don't even think that's they that they don't want to come up with new things. I think they're restricted to it. I theory. think they are. I think they just feel like this sense of dependency on stuff that has already been in existence. Yeah, they're and afraid I feel like to do bigger. If they, I think stuff. they they fear that if they stray from it, that it'll ruin the brand in some way. And like. One Which example isn't like entirely unjustified. Yeah, that that is a genuine concern. Like, if you stray too far from the source material, is it still the same thing anymore? Well, like, I mean, in in partial sense, Star Wars is is probably forty five to fifty percent responsible, not because of anything they did in particular for the we're the true fans and you're not respecting us crowd. Yeah, rising up like a half a decade ago now, a little bit over that. I think it was probably that in the Ghostbusters 2016 movie that caused I think, that. So I think they, I think they are feel some level of culpability for like that whole rage machine that is. And we do on the know internet. that Star Wars has in the past <clears throat> sort of lost itself. Like when you look at the old um, expanded universe, we had the um, Yuuzhan Vaughn which just totally upended in like were basically a totally different thing from Star Wars altogether. Like they were wholly and completely aesthetically, philosophically and like morally just completely different from Star Wars's like themes. And I think that that alienated a lot of people and I think that's that is something that I think Disney is afraid to do, but they they're kind of pushing themselves too far in the other direction where they are now too far to do anything unique. And like the only things that they've done that have been really impressive that are new projects, mainly Andor does like Andor does not stray very far from the themes of star Wars. Like we get to see, it's a little bit more mature and the it's, you know, written astronomically better than anything else they've produced so far, but philosophically, morally, and aesthetically, it fit right in with everything else. So I think there's a balance that needs to be struck between I think potentially alienating yeah. ideas and keeping it what it was. I think the Star Wars brand is, is kind of weird in that 
I feel like it has this this stronger dependency on particular characters than a lot of other ones do. Because if you think about something like Star Trek, right? Yeah. Star Trek has famous characters: Captain Picard, Captain Kirk, Spock, uh, Seven of Nine, like all like those, Data, those guys, all these characters, right? But the fans of Star Trek are really tied into like that concept. They wouldn't care and if that world more than anything else. Yeah. It's less like particular Klingons and more like the idea of Klingons. Like, yeah. Or the idea of, if, of a crew or a ship or a Starfleet. If the USS that whole Enterprise, idea. I don't know how many of them there are. They made a new one and there was a new crew on it. Yeah. The fans wouldn't care that the crew is a different crew. They would just want it to stick and I to think the that's themes because of, of Star, Star Trek. Trek is so built in like ideological themes and like moral values, right? I think it's like there's there's a very central philosophical idea that drives that property. And I think a lot of fans as long as that like that's there, they're on board with it. I think Star Wars does have a lot of those same themes. I just think often they are not as mature no. or explored in as mature a way as Star Trek. And so the audience generally And then you does think about like a like a different brand, like a like Disney princess animation. Yeah. Right? That all of those characters are, like appeared in one movie and then barely didn't show up again. But the Disney brand exists because of that central like concept and feeling of like yeah. Disney magic and hope and friendship and true love and all that. Like that is all quintessential to that brand. Like Star Wars has themes, but because the audience didn't get attached to those themes, they got really attached to those characters instead. I don't necessarily know that. I think that, I don't think that's true. I think that's what Disney thinks is true. That, because that I think is a big part of it. I think that's what they drove home about it. The most interesting parts of Star Wars that they've produced recently are when they really explore the themes. Like Andor was really less about Andor and more about rebellion. And rebellion and like, like bureaucracy and dictatorships. Like the, the first season of The Bad Batch was less necessarily about The Bad Batch and more about the fall from um, democracy to fascism. Like, Star Wars does have these themes, and they, they do explore them. But I think Star Wars, Disney Star Wars as a brand, has sort of pushed those to the side in favor of going for big character moments. Because what is the theme of the new trilogy? Uh, uh, corporate mismanagement? It's cool if Rey goes... That's the theme. <laughs> Whereas if I were like, what is the theme of the Mandalorian? It's like the father, it's, there's a lot of stuff. The Mandalorian like is a bit of a mixed bag, but mostly it's about the sort of like the father son dynamic. Yeah. Like that's the theme. And that's a theme that we see recurring in Star Wars a lot with Darth Vader and Luke. Yeah. With, um, you know, Obi-Wan and Luke. We, we see that, that theme recurring a lot in Star Wars, but what, and then, you know, you got to the new trilogy I mean, it was there, was there a little bit. On. Yeah, there was a little bit with like Han Solo and, and Kylo Ren. And, Kylo Ren. and, you had, and what was the yeah. best part of the new trilogy? Kylo, Kylo Ren's Ren. arc. Exactly. It's when they explore the themes that Star Wars is at its best, but they have pushed that to the yeah. side in favor of... I don't of, know. It's just... What weird. did Obi-Wan Kenobi do while he yeah. was in the desert? I don't desert? know, because they just treat it, they treat it differently than I think they even do like a Marvel. Like Marvel, they're willing to do stuff... They're willing to be without, more wacky with, with Marvel. Or they're not even that. They're like willing to do stuff with new characters. 
Yeah, they're they're willing to take more risks with Marvel. I feel they're like. yeah, way way more risks with even like format than they are Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think again, like the Disney princess, like Pixar gets to do whatever they want. And I don't necessarily like, have a problem with that because Star Wars is different from all these so, other properties. There is almost like a religious like aspect to Star Wars, where like the fans get very upset when you violate like the the format of Star Wars. Like they they want it to be something special because Star Wars is so heavily yeah. tied to everyone's childhood. Star Wars in a way that is very different. The thing is that from Star Wars Marvel and DC and all these other things, it's very different. It's hard to describe the like the quality that that is. Yeah, I just I just see the thing is that because Disney allows their other brands to function in the way they do. I wonder if it's a Lucasfilm leadership in particular. But I mean, Marvel is, is like driving as, it in this direction. Marvel's in just as poor of a situation. Marvel's not doing really well right now either, but they will make a television show about Miss Marvel, a character that hasn't appeared anywhere and hasn't like teased anything. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like you could compare Miss Marvel to like, like Andor. Andor, but like, Marvel is way more likely to do something like that than Star Wars is. Yeah, like they well, they made a, a She-Hulk show. Like Star Wars, feel, Star Wars doesn't feel would safe. Never do that with a Star Wars. Doing a thing without at least some mention to the original trilogy. Like even the Mandalorian is aesthetically Boba Fett with a different suit. Yeah, and like morally wise, he's Boba Fett with a different suit. Like there's always got to be some connection. And again, I don't necessarily even have a problem with that because again, Star Wars does have that that certain feel to it where like there are certain things that like you can and can't do with it that a lot of other brands don't really have like that that kind of people care a lot more when you feel like you are dedicated to star wars as opposed to like in marvel they don't necessarily care if the like the creative team feels dedicated to marvel they can just make a marvel thing and as long as it's okay people will be okay with it but like if someone makes a star wars thing if that if you can't feel the the creative team really cared, then like you don't. Which I've always felt as is weird. I don't. It's understand. held to a higher standard. I don't Which necessarily know be. why. It's not. Maybe it's not fair, but that's the case. They were three really good science fiction action adventure films from the seventies and eighties, and then everything after that has been on at least some level corporate schlock. Like I find it well, weird. Okay. I think that the I said, prequel trilogy on is some less, level, right, is less corporate schlock, more just like a madman's. But even the but, way that those movies were specifically made and marketed and produced, they were very toy driven. Was entirely financially driven. Yeah. Like I feel like it's just it's so weird to me that it has this like ethereal like like yeah like you said like religious esque. It's hard. It's hard following. to quantify, but it, yeah, it has like like if you make a, a Jesus movie. Yeah. And it like they do something with Jesus as a character that like Christians would disagree with. You're going to get a very similar reaction than you know when they made the Luke Skywalker like yeah the do decisions that people d disagreed with in that like there was a very in my opinion similar kind of backlash. And I think it's because Star Wars yeah I think it's has also almost a cult like following. I think it's also just because of a it's like the particular time period in which like the internet became popular. Yeah. Where it was the people who were using the internet in like 2005. You know go, what? I think okay, I know what on, it is. Hold, hold on for, for one second. 
like the people who were using the internet to complain about the prequels in 2005, right? Were the people who grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. And I think because they were the first ones to use the internet to talk about it, felt a level of ownership that I that I don't think like modern audiences I, I do. Think, I think I have a I think I figured it out. I think Star Wars as a world is so detailed and and was so consistent and so well thought out for so long that it it felt almost like like it was a real place like every everything was so detailed like you'd 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 buy a star wars dictionary and they would tell you that some background character in the cantina scene is addicted to salt which is bad for his species no other universe is doing that and because they were so most of the time consistent with that kind of like really micro world building i think when they sort of started to let that go in favor of bigger and more mass appeal stories it it made a lot of fans really upset and with marvel they've never really had that kind of that kind of world but like even when the comics were coming out like if something if there was a, a confliction in like events or a confliction in world building they would just kind of ignore it and move on because it was a superhero comic no one really cared even even like now in the current age of comics like if there's a contradiction they're like oh multiverse it's a different place don't worry about it whereas like star wars has always been one world and everything has had to, whether it was intended to or not, be forced to fit into a logical mold. And when that logical mold is broken, fans get very upset. I don't think that's unique to Star Wars. I don't know that it's unique to Star Wars. I think Wars, you I could think, look to I think something that's like the biggest scale property. Yeah, with that quality that's probably to it. true. But I think you could look to something like like Tolkien and like Middle Earth. But there's what as something like that was five, six of those movies. Well, again. That was three original works that were like kept sacred by their audience for so long. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I think Tolkien has that quality as well. And now you're seeing kind of the same reaction because now there's like a like a like a trust fund that owns the rights yeah, and is like I, licensing I think Tolkien, out IPs. I think Tolkien has so, that same kind of quality Star Wars does. I, I, I don't know. I just it's so interesting. Like early, this is. I would say Game of Thrones. I does could, too, to an extent. Yeah, I was I was gonna say Game of Thrones too. I think. I would be interested in like making an entire documentary about like early 2000s internet reaction culture. Cause I think it's just so weird in the way that it formed and how it's kind of ricocheted into like the modern way that like, it's kind of spread out into like just the whole way the internet like talks about anything culturally. It is, it is completely reframed like American psychology to an extent. Like, yeah, it, it went from a niche thing people do on internet forums to like, the modern news cycle is yeah. in large part a derivative of reaction where it's just forums. people yelling about a thing when it comes out and, and then, then changing their away, mind yeah. and then someone else yelling at them for changing their mind and then that person yelling at that person like it's just that for infinitum and it used to not be that it, there was some of that but it was i think not it's nearly it wasn't if the internet if the internet was good at one thing it was establishing large-scale group think like okay when when <laughs> well that's what it's for that's exactly that's again that's but, what, um, that, that's what it's for um like if a fan disagreed on luke versus han solo when the original trilogy came out if the debate got heated you just could turn around and walk away and you would never see that guy again yeah but nowadays you leave a comment on a youtube video and six years later, some guy is still like, no, yeah. no, you're wrong. Duh. 
Have you ever seen weirdos who are like in YouTube comment sections for like 15 years? Yeah, a guy YouTube did videos? that to me. Someone like, made what a, are you doing over so, here, man? This was like when I was like in middle school. Someone made a video where it was like Luke versus Han Solo, and they said Han Solo would win. I'm like, that's like just dumb. Like, that's just a stupid opinion to have. And then like the comment section for five years following was people debating between Han Solo and Luke Skywalker who would win. I'm like, guys, this should not be a... Move from a on. fan perspective, this shouldn't even be a hard <laughs> that's thing to debate. Okay. But even like, move on. This video is like seven years that's old. That's my now. message to like anyone who's like a hardcore nerd fan. Just move on. Have just a different go. debate. Just have a different debate. Even. Watch something don't else. Don't even move on. Just like talk and about something different about if it. If you, I don't even care if you love Star Wars. If you want to love Star Wars with your whole personality, whatever. Just, just like stop. Take a break. Make a sandwich. Walk your dog. Call your mom. Do something. Do play, something play else a, for just a little a bit. Play a non-Star Wars. Get off the game. internet. <laughs> That's really what I want you to do. Is just get off the internet. Anyway. All right. Well, we got thirty-two percent battery left. Of, so let's talk about. Speaking of getting off the internet, let's Sam, talk about Fortnite. Fortnite. So, it's been a while since we did a, a, a full-on Fortnite news segment, but uh, I feel like, at least right now, it is. Probably more popular than it... Well, it is more popular now than it has been ever. Did you see they broke the record for the most concurrent players in a video game ever? Like, not just Fortnite. Concurrent players for a video um, game I'm not shocked. Ever. I'm not shocked. And do you, do you know how much they beat it by? Ugh, well, like a bagillion percent. They doubled the old record. Which was probably them. No, the old record was PUBG. It was 3.5 million. PUBG? Yeah, they doubled it with like 6.3 million or PUBG. something like that. PUBG was probably for like eight months. Yeah, but PUBG was huge when it came out. PUBG was huge until Fortnite, and then Fortnite yeah. just like ate but its it lunch. It took a while for Fortnite to like fully devour it. And now it's obviously a much larger Rip monster PUBG. than it ever was. But as I'm sure all of you are aware, uh, Fortnite did their OG season. Mini season. Mini season. More of an event, really. Uh, where they brought back the old map. And, and then everyone was super excited. They're like, oh my god, boys, we're going home. It's Fortnite, just like the old days. And, and everyone had fun. It's just not, because it's time, a different engine. Which, it's a different engine, and the map is not even actually the same. But it's okay. You know, the vibes are the same. So everyone's having a good time. Um, but uh, to all the fans' upsetness, and to Epic Games' monetary detriment, uh, they have decided to end Fortnite OG... Uh, after only a month, to, for context, most Fortnite seasons go for four to five months, about half a year. This one going only for one month, which is much, much shorter than a traditional Fortnite season usually goes for. Um, and they are going to kick off Chapter 5. Now, what makes that so strange? It's just a Fortnite update, you say. Mm. Why should I care about this Fortnite update, you say? It's just Fortnite. Everyone knows Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Well, Fortnite's about to get really weird. Fortnite's about to change what it is pretty much entirely. It's becoming less a battle royale game and more like a collection of five different video games that use the same app. Uh, so we're getting a... Um, what's the race car soccer game? Rocket, Rocket League. League. We're getting a Rocket League tie-in part racing mode and this is all leaked but it's all been confirmed at this point um a lego tie-in lego mode whatever that means build legos maybe who knows 
something Lego related. Um, a rhythm based like band like guitar hero themed festival mode. Hmm. And then the traditional, you know, regular old Fortnite Battle Royale, whatever that's gonna be next season. So yeah, they're changing a lot of stuff. Um I am curious to see the fan reaction to this new stuff and if it's even worth touching at all. My guess is it'll be bad. My guess, see, that's what I'm really concerned about is that right now everyone's back on Fortnite. Everyone's having a great time. I've literally never been concerned about Fortnite in my entire life, so I don't know what that feeling well, is. It's just like. a big game. Like, I'm not really, I don't care if <laughs> Fortnite does well. I'm just saying it's a big game. It's interesting to watch. Um, like even even you have been playing Fortnite a little bit this season, and like yeah. you don't usually you're not usually I've, I've done Fortnite. a dabble. I've dabbled. He's, in dusty. He's dipped back in for the for the dusty for yeah, the dusty for... divot. Um, I am curious to see if this new update just drives everyone away. Do you think everyone's uh, just going to abandon the game immediately? No. Well, people or, who are only playing. Or do you think that playing... these new modes will like bring in new people? I, I, it's not going to bring in new I people. I cannot see a world in which this brings in more people than no, they already have. No, it's right not going to grow. Fortnite isn't. No, Fortnite's Fortnite is not going to grow. After yeah. this update, it's peaked. I don't see them ever reaching 6.3 million concurrent players again. That's just not going to happen. I, I think it'll just drop to what it was before OG. Like, I don't. I feel like the people who just came back for the nostalgia blast, yeah. they'll drop off. But, like, people who are already playing Fortnite, they'll just keep playing. They'll just keep playing. Yeah, that's what I that's what I kind of think is going to happen too. Maybe they'll keep a couple people who will just be interested to see what they do. Um, people will probably Peter Griffin meme. Yeah, Peter Griffin. Coming, oh, you know who else is coming to Fortnite? Snake. Solid Snake. Yeah, he's gonna be in it. So now you can have a team with Solid Snake. Yep. Ariana Grande. Yep. Peter Griffin. Yep. Goku. And you could even do Thanos too. You could have such a great squad of just. What even is Fortnite? It's Ready Player One. Yeah. It's just right. That's what it is. At this but why, the one thing that continuously baffles me about Fortnite is like every single company except Nintendo, kind of Nintendo sometimes, has agreed to just give Fortnite all their properties. Because it's great marketing. People tweet about it for a day. Little kids who have never heard of it see it all day. It is great marketing. It's a like, really. It's very obvious. But why? Why is it only Fortnite that they trust? There's with no storyline, so they they characters can just do whatever. Like, except unless you're Batman. Well, but that was like a very specific like DC. And that was written by DC, so yeah, it's like so it's happened. not like it's like messing up any like lore yeah. or company character. Like, why policies. why don't they do this kind of stuff with any other video game? Like PUBG could have done this stuff. Yeah, PUBG. I think PUBG just didn't. Like it doesn't fit PUBG. Fortnite has such like a broad like art style. Yeah, you could t- you can make you could Fortnite just stick anyone anything. in there. Like PUBG is like you can realistic. put real human beings in it, and you can put anime characters. Like you in couldn't it, and no put, one bats an eye. You couldn't put Goku in PUBG. But you no, they did Goku actually. They did do a PUBG like, collab with with like Go- cartoon. They did like okay that, that happened. Vegeta is in PUBG. Fine. <laughs> you can't put Spider Man in the in the PUBG. You gotta put him. In yeah, he would look weird. I mean, he looks weird in Fortnite, but no one really cares. Yeah. It's just very strange to me. It's a it's a part of gaming and, like, media culture that, like, just seems so immune to the rules that everyone else has to play by. Well, I think also just being a third party helps a lot. But again, it's like... Because they're not owned by Apple or whatever, so they can just do whatever they want. 
That's true, but like I'm sure if Apple wanted to make a video game and they wanted to have a bunch of crossover characters, like there's no way that they'd be able to get all the guys Fortnite has. Yeah, because there's there because then they'd have to work with their competitors. Like, but and I think a large reason it has happened is because all the studios have pulled so much out of the gaming space. Like, I think if if Disney Interactive was still going and like Disney Infinity was still a thing, they would not be doing this. Right, because they would just be saving all their stuff for that. Because Disney Interactive shut down, WB Games they keep trying to sell every other week. Yeah, like uh, Universal has like really never been active in gaming. Like I feel like because these companies just like abandon that whole market, they don't really yeah. care what goes and on. And like like for smaller brands, like for Invincible, when they did an Invincible, like that makes perfect sense to me because like Invincible's not really that big. Fortnite's obviously much bigger. That's a great chance to get new eyes on your property. But like. Marvel superheroes. You're uh-huh. not getting any new eyes on Marvel from selling Fortnite. But it does a really, really good job marketing when they have a film coming out. That's true. Like Spider-Man came to Fortnite right when Spider-Man No Way Home was coming out. That's like that. true. They did that. Like it's very targeted when they do stuff. Except for sometimes when they just don't. And it's very odd. Or even like the Batman season. Like I don't think the Batman came out right around that time. But like. Uh, well, Batman. They were at least tying come out until way. They after were at the least Batman tying time. it into like a comic line that they were trying to. Yeah, that, yeah. Like there was a reason they were doing. Yeah. That. Star Wars. They did a Star Wars thing right when Rise of Skywalker came out. Like it's all. That. Oh, that was okay. The weirdest. One of the weirdest collabs in my opinion was when they did the um the prequel trilogy collab where they had the entire map was like Clone Wars theme and they had like full on clone battles going on like on the map and there were no Star Wars properties coming out for months. When did this happen? This happened uh, over the summer. Well, they had Ahsoka coming no, out. No, Ahsoka wasn't coming out for like... Uh, no, it wasn't like March or April. There was like no Star Wars content coming out. Yeah, I guess It was so. really weird. I don't know why they did that. But, I mean, it was fine. Because they had the Ahsoka skin come out when Ahsoka came out. That was like very recent. In terms of Fortnite recency. But like the, this was a while ago. And there was no Star Wars stuff going Well, it also kind of like... Keep the audience satisfied. While yeah, I mean, waiting it's for more new content things. for their game, obviously. But yeah. it was just kind of strange to me that they had such a big collab and no real-world tie-in that they usually do. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about... Sam, Karate Kid. they're doing another Karate Kid film. Tell me about Karate Kid. What's Karate so, Kid? So, do you remember Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, I have and the Hillary Swank movie? I have seen a Karate Kid movie. Yes, have you seen, have. No, I have not. And I have seen all of Cobra Kai. You have seen... You've really seen the first one. I have not seen the first I've one. I've watched it with you. I know you no, have. No, I have not seen it. Okay. When did uh, we watch it? We watched it like years ago. I've never seen it. Yeah, you have. I remember you I have not. That. I didn't even... I didn't know any of the characters when I started watching Cobra Kai. Well, like, I mean, you didn't have to remember it, but you've definitely seen the I movie. have not seen it. I saw the end of it. I saw the very... I saw the last, like, 20 minutes of it. That's all I've seen. How? Why? I don't know. I just have never seen it. I I've never you, seen any I of it. I know you've seen it. I haven't. I, I watched it with you. you no, were there. you did not. Yeah, I did. That did not happen. We watched it entire. We watched it as a family together. No, we didn't. That has yeah. never happened. That has happened. That has we watched happened. one and two. We didn't watch. I've never seen two in my life. Okay. Well, I don't even s- know anything about the second one. <laughs> I, I I have not seen that movie. Hey, you have. No, I haven't. It was your. I I know you don't. I'm, I remember. It makes sense you don't remember it. I remember but I, you, movies. I've, even it. if I've seen it a long time ago, I will remember details about it. I have not seen that movie. Okay. I have not seen... I may have seen Karate Kid 1. Like, I remember... An, I know enough about it that maybe I've seen it. But also, I've seen Cobra Kai. And, like, half of that is just... Clicked yeah, the so, so they did Karate Kids 1, 2, and 3, right? And then they did a Hillary Swank 1, right? 
Yeah, well, that was yeah. the reboot, the next Karate Kid, and then that didn't work. And so then they did. Uh, Twenty years later, they had Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith do a reboot spinoff uh, where they didn't learn karate, they learned kung fu. And they called it the Karate Kid. And that one was in China, unlike the original ones, which were in America. With a, where a Japanese man taught yeah. a Indian boy uh, Chinese martial arts. Or was it China? It might have been... I think it was China. No, he was Japanese. He was from Okinawa. No, in the reboot. Oh, in the reboot. I don't, I don't remember. Know. But he, he learned karate, which is a Chinese martial art, and then taught it. Yeah, it, is, yeah, yeah, it was China. It, it was just like a mix of a bunch anyway, of things. So, obviously... Cobra Kai, which I believe they're on their the next one will be the sixth and final season, is a huge hit. Big yeah, hit. big, big, big time. Giant show. hit. So there's never been a better time to cash in on that Karate Kid brand. So Sony Pictures is doing a new Karate Kid film in Christmas of 2024 that'll cross over the original films and the Jackie Chan universe. Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio are going to team up and teach another new kid karate, which will be the, so like exactly, the ninth karate exactly kid. Exactly what happened in the, the current show. So Cobra Kai is still being written. I don't think they're going to shoot until next year. All those cast guys are getting kind so, of So uh, this is probably going to come out either right after or maybe even before no, it'll the final season there, of Cobra no, Kai. No, it'll come out after. There's no way it comes out before Cobra Kai finishes. That doesn't make any sense. You think like Cobra Kai will like lead into this? Yes, obviously. What are they gonna do? Who cares? It's Karate Kid. They'll have all the Karate Kids fight. It's My, very easy. No, okay, but, <laughs> very easy. But to like make. they're they're doing so. The the reason we know this is because Sony announced in a, like a casting search video that they're looking for the next Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. If they got all these karate kids over there at Cobra Kai, why are they gonna need a new karate so kid? So it didn't. So the new karate kid is gonna go like this. Okay, there's gonna be the the kids from K- the Cobra Kai show. They're like a couple go, of them, not all of them. At the end of Cobra Kai, they're gonna go and do their own karate. They're gonna make their own karate school, right? And then Ralph Macchio and whoever the other ones are <laughs> are gonna find a new kid and they're gonna train them karate again for some reason. Maybe they're being bullied like all the other karate kids were. And then they're going to have to go against all of the students of all the guys. Ooh. And it's going to be like a battle royale. I think they already did Not that really, but you know what I'm saying. And they're just going to have him fight all the students. And then he's going to be. And then finally, the kid from Cobra Kai is going to pass on the, the mantle. And he's going to be like, you're the next karate kid. You get a Netflix show. And then that's going to be the movie. Anyway, no, I do think this is going to be a big hit, though. Or not a big hit. I think this will do well. It will be just a marginal I think, success. Because Cobra Kai is, is just so big right now. I feel like this is one of the only things. Do they call it Karate Kid or do they call it Cobra Kai? Sam, they're going to call it the Karate Kid again. I would argue right now Cobra Kai is a bigger brand than Karate Kid. But it's also not a Cobra Kai thing. Hey. This is the new Karate Kid. Technically, I guess it's Eagle Fang Karate now or whatever whatever's going on. No, they're going to call it... This is this is a soft reboot, so they're going to call it The Karate Who is the sensei going to be? It's going to be Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan. But they're what about Johnny up. Lawrence? He's not going to be there. Why not? He might be in it, but he probably won't have a big role. But like, Because I think they're going to try to simplify it for the audience that hasn't seen Cobra Kai. They have three senseis. I know. I feel like they're going to... They're gonna like. Oh, they can have it like. They're you going learn, to. You learn defense from Ralph okay. Macchio. You learn offense from Johnny Lawrence, and you learn inner peace or something. From I know Jackie you're Chan. not going to agree with this, but they're not going to really 
involve a lot of the stuff that happened in Coconut. No, I'm well aware that they're not going to do that. That's it's gonna. It's they're too, gonna. It's too much content. There'll be a few offhand like references to it. Johnny Lawrence. But for the will most part, be, it'll just be Johnny a remake Lawrence of will show Kid up again. to some. He'll either a cameo at the very least, or he'll be like a some kind of trainer of some sort. And the the main kid, the guy who was in Blue Beetle, I don't remember. Zolu Muerduena. He'll be in it. Yeah, he'll be in it, and maybe one of the other. Probably Ralph Macchio. Probably uh, like his kids. It'll probably be that guy and the girlfriend. His girlfriend. Yeah, like I'm guessing. Daniel LaRusso's kids. And he'll be he'll be it. the only one like his wife who successfully married the love interest from his show. Because Johnny Lawrence didn't marry his love interest. The what's his face? Uh, well, Johnny was the villain in the movie. Yeah, I know, but yeah, so obviously he didn't get the girl. And then Ralph Macchio character, what is his, even his name? Uh actually, Danny LaRusso. Danny LaRusso. Danny LaRusso didn't marry his love interest. He married like some random girl, like off screen later yeah, on. Yeah, well, because uh you know, middle uh, school she couldn't be back to do for well. the sequel but like you, you know what i'm saying like he'll be the only one who's like successfully marries the like character that he was like with in the show yeah 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 anything else for karate kid or is that all the no. karate kid news moving on right. sam let's talk f- some films napoleon and wish honestly, which one do you want to do first uh i probably have honestly i probably have more to say about wish than i do about napoleon yeah i don't have a lot to say about it. let's just do napoleon real quick though. i honestly i was um, a little disappointed i was underwhelmed i wasn't disappointed i was just underwhelmed so this is uh napoleon this is directed by ridley scott uh i don't think i need to tell you who ridley scott is i think everyone's got a pretty good a idea pretty popular dude yeah screenplay by david scarpa who most notably did uh ridley scott's movie from a few years ago that was called like the, uh, like something about money. Really Scott money movie. Yeah, whatever that was. Um, this is of course released by Apple. This is their second big theatrical financial investment historical after drama. Killers movie. of the Flower Moon earlier this year. Budget is somewhere between one hundred and thirty and two hundred million dollars, which means right. it was two hundred million dollars. Yeah. It has made eighty six point one worldwide so far. It's very bad. Uh, it's doing better than Flower Moon did. I would argue Flower but this Moon is, is also a lot about, more niche. Yeah, and this is also Napoleon about an hour. Napoleon conquered a majority of the world. Most history books well, mention Napoleon. Not a lot of history books this, mention like the Osage. This nation. is also an hour shorter, which I'm sure is helping a lot. Yeah. And it's got an action angle that Flower Moon didn't have. Anyway, so, Sam, what did you think of Napoleon? I thought it was fun. Like a fun movie where like a lot of fun... Like, a lot of quirky, fun things were happening. Yes. But, like, I kind of wanted more of, like, a war drama. And, you know, I feel like the trailers kind of hinted more towards that angle. And it was kind of almost like a quirky romance movie. Like, most of the focus was on Napoleon's romance with... uh, Josephine. With Josephine. Who's played by... um, Boop, boop, boop. Forgot her name. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, and she's very good. I have no problems with any of the like characters. The, the characters are all very strong. Um, I just feel like I was sold a different movie than I went to see, uh, which is the movie I saw was fine. Like it was, it was a fine movie. I I enjoyed it. It was a good, it was a good experience. Uh, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit of a more of a like a war drama type tone, and I got a lot of like quirky romance stuff and like. I don't know stuff like that just stuff that i felt like didn't really matter very much yeah so um i thought this 
Like, was, did we really need the two scenes of Napoleon Raw Dog and Josephine? I thought that was really funny. It and was I really love, funny. I love that, that was so. I love out that of one pocket. is used as like almost a jump scare. Where he just like yeah, jumped, it's a jump scare, and like suddenly he's Raw Dog. That's dogging great, Josephine. I was like, what's happening right now? Yeah. So I feel like, uh, and this is not getting great audience scores. This doesn't. It's not getting great critic scores either. It's kind of a mixed reception. I think it's. Uh, this is a beautifully shot movie. Oh yeah, it's it looks it's awesome. It's so it you see every dollar on screen. The costuming The scene where they fight on the lake is The oh, costuming so cool. is great. Uh, everything is very ornate in particular. I really enjoyed that. Um I loved the staging of the battle sequences. I thought they were all like very well like paced. They and, felt realistic. And planned out and uh I thought all the locations were like really really well chosen. Uh, I thought all that stuff was really good. I think technically this is a <laughs> A very, very, very good film. Uh, I think the script is a little all over the place. I feel like there's a lot of tonal limits. Which I understand because you're covering the whole life of like one of history's most significant figures, especially modern history's most significant history's figures. History's most like weird feet. Like Napoleon and was a, a weird and guy. And a particularly weird dude. And you have like two and a half hours to do it. Yeah. So I do think... Uh, they were, I think they were trying to do a broadly spanning movie that also like covered what was particularly interesting to them. Yeah. Like, I think if it was up to just David Scarpa and uh, Ridley Scott, this would have been like uh, a $50 million drama just about Napoleon and Josephine and yeah. just that relationship. It, it felt like, um, what's that Shakespeare in Love, I think, is the movie where yeah. it's like all about his relationships. It felt almost like that. But, like, every once in a while, it would randomly cut away to a random battle Napoleon is fighting. Which, like, all that stuff is important in telling his story. Yeah. But I feel like they... There was elements of his life that they wanted to focus on more that they were not able to because... It was like they, the movie they, was they they felt obligated to. It felt like two different movies that were pulling for the audience's attention. In two I didn't quite movies. feel like that. I didn't feel like I was, like, getting cheated or anything not like that. that I was getting cheated, but, like... The the war's part felt underdeveloped. Like, he would be at war with some dudes, and then he would go back and he would, like, bang Josephine a little bit, yeah. and, like, that would happen. And then there would be a totally new battle going on, and I'd be like, wait, why are we fighting these guys? What? what okay, okay, wait, that guy's mad because he didn't bang his sister, and he banged this dude's sister instead. Okay, I think I got it. Okay, wait, wait, okay. Now he's fighting these guys, and now, wait a minute, now France is fighting him? Okay, now he's on an island now? And that was, oh, he's fighting again, but now he's fighting French dudes again. It felt like the battle scenes just kind of happened. Like, they, his relationship, I can tell you exactly what led to what. With the battles, I'm like, okay, then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Well, I think that's because, like, most of history at this time was a bunch of Europeans just, like, pointing at a piece of land. Being like, we gotta conquer that. I want that one. I want I like that, that one. Right gotta conquer. We just gotta go over there. But I, if, I, get our if horses. I saw that, I, I just want to see them going. We should conquer this land. You get all. You get some like military. That strategy, happens a little bit towards the end. Strategizing and planning and stuff. And for a guy who is hailed as like one of history's greatest strategists, they don't show they don't a lot. Don't show of that it. a lot. Which I was They're, a little. The only like, scene that I think they really focus on that is that scene when they got all the where they're on the ice the lake. Oh, that, yeah, that. And he, like, you see him, like, planning out when they're going to figure out that, where, like, when they're going to notice their forces, where they're going to put the cannons, when they're going to send the cavalry, and, like, yeah. what direction they're going to try to get him to run. Like, you get some of that. Most of his battle scenes are like, okay, uh, put those cannons over there. 
Put those cannons over there. We're going to fire those. Okay, all those guys are dead. So we win. And then we're going to do three laps. And then <laughs> we're going to fire those cannons. Like, that was most of what... Which, to be fair, that was most of what military strategy was but, at oh, that time. But that's what made Napoleon different. Is he was one of the... <coughs> he was basically the only dude going, Hey, what if we, like, tried... What if we like made a strategy? What if this we time? didn't send a line of Instead dudes of with pointy lining objects up right at the other guys? Die. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Ridley, which uh, by the way, this movie is horribly historically inaccurate, as has been brought up by numerous, numerous people. And Ridley Scott's explanation was that it's cool. He didn't really care at all but it looks about cool. trying to make a movie about history. He wanted to do a character study of Napoleon. Yeah. Or at least. And I was thinking about this earlier, or at least a couple of days ago. I was like, this is not really a character study of, like, the historical figure of Napoleon. It's more a character study of, like... This character that well, they have named Napoleon. Like, the pop culture version of Napoleon. Yeah. Who was, like, a weird, like, small, grubby little rat man. Who was, like, really pompous and narcissistic and, like, uh, like a true weirdo stuff. at heart. Yeah, and just wanted to conquer just because, like, he was, was self-conscious. Um... Which like which he was which you see in this movie like he is depicted as like super short compared to everyone else and in reality he was like an, of average height for his time everyone, yeah. like everyone was short because people have gotten progressively taller. The, the, the character of Napoleon that they study is the version of Napoleon in the letters he wrote to Josephine. It's not like yeah, which he said is what, is what yeah. he was basing. Which most is of the cool. That on. is a cool con and I did like I said I did enjoy the movie. I just felt like the trailers should have been. Focusing more on the romance. I think they were them. they were trying to get they were trying to seats. get people in because the <laughs> cannons are cool when you see the cannons blow up. But if you get a bunch of people going in expecting to see cannons blow up and they see Napoleon, Raw Dog, and Josephine, they're gonna be like, yeah. "What happened?" I do think uh, there's a lot of like comedic bits in this. Yeah, there's a lot more comedy that I than don't I was know if we're supposed. To... There was obviously some that were like intentional, yeah. um, like the silly goofy scene where he's like falling down the stairs and it's like looney tunes for a minute yeah or the part where he's like uh it's become like a meme where he goes like you think you're so good because you have boats and then he like storms off like a fourth grader yeah like there is stuff like that but i do think the movie can like un un like make itself unintentionally funny just by like where they put certain scenes yeah where like you'll have a really dramatic moment where like or, like napoleon returns from his military career and then it's time for tea and then it's like time for tea and talk and like him like wanting to bang a 14 year old and then he like drags josephine under it by the way uh they spend quite a long time talking about his his infertis infertility issues with his wife well yeah that was like a major problem he was having it's and stuff it, like that. that okay i feel like the reason why they focus so much on that was because that was one of those rare moments when both his will as a conqueror and his will as a lover intersect were at were intersected in like sort of at at war with each other. I don't think that ever really happened at any other point in the movie, and I think that's why they spend so much yeah. time on that aspect of the movie. I really don't have a lot to say about it. I do think it's worth a watch. It's a I, it's worth a it's, watch. It's, I think it's, it's, it doesn't it's feel long. It moves on at a pretty pretty fast. It pace. moves at a fast pace. It felt um, a lot shorter than it. And is. I do think there is interesting stuff in here. I just don't think they. Uh, it's not even that they don't focus on stuff. For the right amount of time, I just think it's the order they focused on certain events is like particularly strange. It felt a little slap chop sometimes. Yeah, it was just, stuff would happen. 
stuff would happen. I feel like next thing again, and I, this is a problem with like a lot of biopics have. Yeah, especially just, with how you long have of a so time span much stuff to cram in, and you just don't have the time. Because they go from like his twenties to like his what his sixties. They think? start when he's already like a super advanced in the yeah. French military. Um. Anyway, all right. Let's talk about. I, there's which... no. Also, there's no spoilers. Yeah. Um. Well, because this happened. Spoilers. Uh. Fourteen. The fourteen hundreds happened. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about Wish. Okay. Wish is a. Oh, um, would you recommend? Or, oh, Napoleon. Yeah, I'd recommend Napoleon if you have time. It's not that long. It's not that long, but I feel like most uh, don't go out of your way to see it. But if you do have a chance to see it, go for it. Um. This is not a good dad movie. I don't think he's your dad is going to like this. If you're he thinking might. it, maybe I think there's a little bit too much of a Napoleon like neighing like a horse, and like raw dog and his oh, wife. I forgot when he did that. Uh, he yeah, like a horse for when he wants to have sex with with Josephine in this, he like kicks his leg and neighs. No, he was being a a bull. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Wish now. It's a Disney movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this I, um, is directed by really, uh... Chris Buck and Fawn Verasunthorn, two Disney animation veterans. Uh, Fawn, last name I read wrong for almost 100% certainty, uh, worked on Raya and the Last Dragon, and then Chris Buck's... Uh, He's been working at Disney forever. He's done everything from Frozen to Encanto to Strange World, Zootopia. That's all him. I have never seen a movie that reeked more of corporate meddling than this one. Okay. It felt... Uh, screenplay by Jennifer Lee and Allison Moore. Completely like just... It, like it was completely... The story that they were going to tell was just absolutely smothered. I was going to say, Sam, what do you think of Wish? That. That's what I think. You think it's smothered and reeking of corporate malfeasance? Yeah. Yeah, um... Like, every aspect of the movie, so, I can feel like there was something there, and then it was made worse. I walked out of this movie feeling, like, more disappointed than anything. Not that I was highly anticipating it. But it's their 100th anniversary project. But really, because I just wanted them to have a really solid and, like, fun celebration film. I didn't want them to make their best and movie. And I didn't ever. I just get wanted them that. to make a good movie. Yeah, I just felt really underwhelmed. I thought there was so many just staggering creative decisions um, just on, like, so many levels. The compositing is awful. Well, okay, so uh, let's start off with the animation, okay? The animation there's, is fun. Because there's several levels. There's story, there's animation, there's music, and then there's, like, corporate... And like all like all the references. Yeah, let's start with animation. So though. let's start with the animation. So it's a slightly different style than Disney has used before. Well, no, it is the same style. It has been composited differently, and it looks so terrible. everything. So they're they've changed it so they have painted backgrounds, and the characters are all like cell shaded to look like. Were the backgrounds painted? Story, I yes, because watching the movie, they didn't look like they were. They were, they were. They they're all cell shaded character models. They've tried to make it look like a storybook was what they were going for. Um, I I I did not not think it worked. They did not capture that. I don't think it looks bad. Um, and it can look good in parts. I think its biggest problem is that it just looks unfinished. unfinished. 
It looks like they put an Instagram filter over the normal Disney animation yeah, style. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. So do you know the difference between like animation and compositing? Yeah. So I guess for those of you who might not be sure what exactly you're criticizing when you bring up the animation is bad, the animation is good. All Disney projects, generally speaking, have good animation. The animation is like the flow of the movement, the weight of the objects, yeah. the the realism of the, the movement and the way that certain objects and characters move, the way that hair behaves, the way that clothes behave, that kind of stuff is animation. Compositing is the lighting, the textures, the technology yes. the of lighting, the environment. The lighting, I noticed, was particularly bad. The lighting was not well Everything, done Everything, the, the shadows on the characters, like, just didn't line up properly. There just, like, weren't shadows. There weren't the any sort of dynamic lighting situations. Everything felt very, like, overlit. There wasn't any sort of... Use of light to build atmosphere or tone in Aside any scenes. Aside from the scene at the very end, there is basically nothing. Even that, with like, the lighting. there's no, there's no like, fe like dynamic feeling of. There's no feeling of place. Yeah, everything. There's no use small. of elements, like light, sound, uh, feel, anything like that, to really build a sense of like location. That I think even something that like Frozen too. Which is not a movie I like, but I think does better. It does a better job of making you feel like you're in a place. You have that really, really good practical sound design. You have like the wind blowing through the trees and the rustling. And you have like the lights like gleaning through the entrances of caves. And you have like that dynamic light reflecting off the walls. Like scenes like that yeah, like th this movie really help build a sense of place. And even if it's magical cartoony things going on, you feel a sense of like this is a real world with real like actions and consequences yeah. that this movie didn't have. This movie felt less like it was taking place in a location and more like they had built a circle, put some objects in it, and then like had a character dancing around in the middle. Like the locations always felt extremely claustrophobic. Like when they're in the woods, it looks like there's four trees in this, this forest. Like the forest does not go past like five feet behind there's it. not a lot of locations in this it's when they're in the boat contained. like they're they're you know sailing in this boat and it looks like the ocean just stops like five feet behind them like every every location feels very small when they're when they first enter the city there's what one road and then the, the castle at the end of the road there's there it didn't feel like that's a that does not feel like a place yeah that feels like a road it's just yeah i think it was one of the main uh contributions to this movie just like not feeling real. This movie did not feel cinematic. No, it did at not. All. Yeah. It didn't feel grand. I didn't get any sense of scale. Like um, even during the big musical moments, like the bit the, the, the first the big finale, song. Right? Yeah. The, the first big song when they're when they're with the, the little memories spinning around. That song takes place in a blue void. Yeah. That is not an interesting place. There was no and this is so like I often don't bring this up. Like it's more noticeable in it's you okay. Like camera placement is usually so spot on in animated films. Where I like I think the camera placement in this was okay. I think the I the locations were bad. I don't think it's like I I don't because think about the there camera was not angles. a conscious effort to make this movie look cinematic. Well, think about the camera angles like during the 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 villain song. Like when he's going up the stairs and the mirrors are changing, and then you get that cool shot of like seeing up through the spiral staircase. Like there are some. Some good shots, but the majority of shots are really. It just feels very bland. Place. It looks visually very bland. Yeah, everything. Feels and I flat. think I turned over and told you this during the movie. It looks like a Disney Channel 
Yeah, thing. it looks like an episode of... Of the Wish animated series, or, and not the, like the movie Wish. What's the princess show that the song on TikTok blew up? Sophia the First. It looks like an episode of Sophia the First, and not Disney's 100th anniversary yeah. film project. I just felt... And me and you were talking about what they... Sh they obviously chose this to change animation styles as a response to Spider-Verse and Puss in Boots. Which got such praise. But they didn't fully commit to the art style. Which got such praise for having yeah. a new art style. And I think Disney felt that they were falling behind. And they are. Because they never, they never differentiate an art style. It's always the same. I feel like they were felt they were falling behind. And I feel so they made this decision. But I don't think they calibrated this to be the right story that fit that. I don't think that they thought it through. I think it's fairly obvious they started animating in traditional style. And then changed it. And then changed it halfway through production. That's, everything feels that way. They did every character, every song, every story beat, everything feels like it was going in a different direction at the inception of the project, and then it was changed halfway yeah. through. To and I think we'll get else. to that about the other stuff here in a minute. Yeah, I just but, wanted to but just to put finish that idea out there. with the animation. Like it's it it just does not fit this movie. And I think me and you came up with a better reason or not a better reason a better method they should have done this which is they should have stuck with the traditional animated disney style which i know people have said they're getting bored of but it's it is always insanely high quality always it always, and it always works like okay the disney style is getting stale like you can't tell me that strange world which is not a good movie visually has bad animation or doesn't no, look No, yeah, no good. one would ever say that. Or like I mean any any Disney animated project like Tangled was made in what 2014? That movie still looks perfect. That movie still looks fine. It looks great. Like it has it's aged flawlessly. And like I mean it might look the lighting might look not great cuz it was, you know, a little bit older, but like it looks great. This movie already looks dated and it just came out. Like it already looks like something that would have come out in like 2005, 2004. Yeah. So I think a better solution would have done the traditional animated animation Disney style. And then in the movie... Have 2D elements. There are like floating bubbles of memory. Those should have all been Those 2D. should have been yeah. 2D. And all the magic effects, like whenever someone uses magic Those in this... Those should have been 2D. That would have been really Should have cool. been 2D. The star, should have been 2D. which we'll talk about later when and we get to story. It was going to be 2D and they changed We'll talk about story, we'll get to that later. Yeah. That should have been 2D. It should have had all these 2D flourishes... And when I say 2D, I mean like actual hand-drawn animation. Like, like, like go back to the roots of Disney, Snow White, right? Which they did. And go back they and do, do that. digitally anyway. So there's... Maybe, anime, I'm sure people who like animation are going to be mad. But as far as I understand it, 3D animation and 2D animation are still... Are both done digitally basically always at this point. No, I don't it's all really see why it's you can't digitally. take a digital render of a scene and then 2D animate over it. I could be missing you something can. completely. You can. It's been done. I know it's been done. It's definitely possible. It's Spider-Verse. It might be more difficult, but I know for sure it can be done, and it has been done very well. That's what Spider-Verse is, is 2D and 3D animation layered on yeah. each other. So I think that's, that's the problem with the animation. To get to, uh, let's just get to story. That's the biggest one. So, this this narrative is a weird slapdash narrative that is missing elements fairly obviously. 
where it's already come out in like making of books that have like leaked where the original plan for this movie was that the star was a actual character. He was like, like a, a boy, human boy and he was going to have a romantic relationship with Asha, our main character. Which would have been something. And the villain, his wife would have been evil with him. Which, and they would have been a we'll evil couple. We'll talk about when we get to the music. But there are songs that are clearly written to be a duet with villains that have been recontextualized and changed to be totally different in terms of tone. Yeah. And it's very weird. Can we pause for just one second? Alrighty. Um, yeah, so what are we talking about? the narrative. So the narrative is so yeah, we were talking like about the star boy. bare bones and so like inoffensive in its choices. They do nothing interesting. Not a single, they choose to make no interesting not choices. Not a single interesting thing happens. And I know Or like bring up any sort of like interesting themes or ideas involving any of the characters. And I know Disney was like afraid to do a twist villain. Because yeah. they were like, they said specifically that they weren't going to do a twist villain, and they were they were getting that criticism a lot of we're tired of the twist villains. That would have at least been something. Because yeah. oh my god, it, it, all these King characters Magnifico are a whole lot of nothing. Is so boring, and his choices make they make sense, but they're so poorly explained that it I I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting to me, and like. There are reveals in this movie that happen that are just, that shouldn't be reveals. Like, it's shown in one scene explicitly that everyone in this town knows something. And then later on, they learn that that exact same thing again. And they're like, oh my God, this is terrible. How could he have done this to us? It's <laughs> like, dude, you told, you, you knew about this. You, they told you this earlier, my guy. Did you forget? Did everyone forget and then re-realize? And now you're mad about it? Why? Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Yeah, I just... It's such a... It's, it felt like they were so consumed with the idea of paying tribute to Disney's history, but like in all the wrong ways. And I feel like that just... Rep, that's like emblematic of this whole movie. Like the... The narrative, like... Instead of being about like the element of wishing, right? And like hope... And, like, creativity, which is obviously, like, Disney's whole thing. Yeah. Right? The way that, like, that is treated in this movie is so, like, nonchalant. And I, I just... It's so... It's strange It's not to integral to the plot, and it should it's be. It's not. Like, the whole... Okay. Disney movies were built on two things. Three things. Music, animation, and romance. All the great Disney films... Have those elements. Have those three. And this movie is lacking in all three of those. We already talked about the animation. There is no love story here. And it's so obviously missing. Like, there's no there's no soul to any of this. Asha just seems like she just did just kind of She's such a generic nothing protagonist. Like, what is... Like, what, I can't even, like, think She's of one Anna. word to describe her She's at all. She's just Anna. She's Anna with, a like, a Fortnite skin swap. That's it. She's just, her characterization, the motivation behind the things she does, her choices, if you put Anna in this movie, in that same situation, she would have done all of the exact same things. Like, I felt like... Same with Tangled, whatever her name was. And I don't know why they felt the need to remove that element of this, because it was there. Like, if you have the star be a person, you have, you can have, like, bickering and, like, a dynamic between the two. You can have it slowly escalate throughout the I, film. You have a sacrifice 
when the star has to leave. You have an emotional connection when he's at risk, yeah. right? Like I, there's something there. I there's feel nothing like here Disney, anywhere. I think Disney right now is very afraid of its public image. And they, they're, they're very afraid to cross certain lines or express certain ideas without feeling like they are going to get criticism. I feel like they took the romance out because they've been afraid to do traditional romances mm -hmm. in stories lately because they're afraid of making it seem like that characters are codependent on each other. They've been afraid to make like flawed protagonists because they're afraid, or not flawed protagonists necessarily, but dynamic protagonists right. because they're afraid of alienating certain people. They're... Let's go over some recent Disney films and determine whether the main character had a love interest. Wish. No. Strange World. You didn't Maybe? watch it, but no. Uh, he was married, but like it wasn't a man. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't In Kanto. No. Ryan the Last Dragon. No. Frozen 2. Elsa would be the protagonist in this movie. Sort of. Even like Anna, who's like... Kristoff and Anna were kind but of... But Kristoff's gone for like 45 minutes for yeah, that movie. Yeah, but they're like in love. They have a lot of They're songs. in it. I count it. We'll count it. Ralph breaks the internet. No. Moana. No. Zootopia, despite what Tumblr thinks. Yes. That's going to be a thing in the new one. Come no. on. That's their, that's, they're going to do that. Big Hero 6. Uh, no. I don't think so. Frozen. Sort of? Okay. Frozen. For, for Elsa. For Elsa. But Elsa's not the main character. Anna is. Um, I would argue Frozen does. I would argue Frozen. Frozen does. Frozen had a romance and did something interesting with it where they actually gave genuine real commentary on romance on their trope yes that they were using. and that's okay that disney was subverting a trope that they normally do is fine disney abandoning their principles because they're afraid of their image yeah. is not fine also frozen was 10 years ago yeah it was a while ago i Re would i would give frozen a yes sort of mostly yes wreck it ralph no that's a that would have been really weird winnie the pooh no tangled yes now, which one of those, of all the ones I just listed, do you think is the best one? Probably Frozen 1. Or Tangled? Tangled. Ta I like Frozen 1. Okay, but what did the, both those movies have? They got romance. Exactly. <laughs> they have like a heart to them. And you, again, a Disney movie doesn't need and, to have a romance to be good. You no, can but make it, a we need Disney some reason that. to care about these characters. Yeah, but, and a romance is a very and easy And a romance is that. really easy because you can have the characters express a lot of emotion in a very, very contained, like, a very contained environment. Yeah. Like, there's a specific... It allows characters to be open publicly with the audience in yeah. a way that it doesn't when they're just by themselves. I think they've been very concerned recently with, with character agency, and I feel like romances often deprive one of the characters of their agency. And I feel like, again, I give credit to Frozen for this. Frozen was very smart about that. They did a good job of giving each character agency while maintaining the romance and giving commentary on that romance. Uh, Tangled also did a very, very good job with its romance, where there was clearly a romance, but it, it both characters were fully fleshed out, yeah. had their own motivations, made choices that made sense. That whole movie is based on that dynamic. Yeah, and they do a great job with that dynamic um yeah th this wish just had nothing going on even the romance between the king and the queen i who cares i have no idea why they're in love as far as i can tell he was just the only man around and she was like okay 
Because, like, okay, what does it take for her to leave? Who? The queen. Like, nothing. Yeah, he, she, he just, like... She walks away. Does a mean thing like, once, and she's like, I'm done, I'm out of here. And that's King Magnifico's, like, whole thing. His whole character as, like... His character makes no sense. His character's so bad. He, he's, he's depicted as, like, uh, uncaring. And then he's egotistical. And then he's evil. And then he's really, really evil. Like they but just the steps to getting there don't don't, seem don't to make, make any a lot sense. Of sense. They like, don't okay. start. Okay, he has this tragic backstory where he was from a village and it was destroyed by an evil wizard who was like used presumably. I assume this is never explained, but I'm doing some context clues here. I assume was eating people's wishes and then used it to blow up his his village, right? And then Asha and he, he in his kingdom magic is banned because he doesn't want anyone to do that ever again. He doesn't want anyone's lives to be destroyed by magic. And so magic's not allowed. And then Asha accidentally does magic, sort of, and then he loses it and turns super evil on a dime and then, like, tries to murder everyone. Like, okay. Like, cool. I would have felt if you had that, like, evil couple relationship, right? You could have had, like, one of them be, like, a little bit more evil than the other one. Yeah, and like slowly influence them throughout the movie, and really and then have it like would be interesting. Have that spiral. when one turns good, yeah, because you're like this person saw the error of their ways, yeah, and now we have this interesting dynamic where maybe they still love their also, partner who's now become more evil. That is a super interesting concept. So he it's becomes pure evil that. because he starts using like evil magic, right? Evil and then magic. there's a throwaway line in the third act. Where they're like, oh, once you use evil magic, you can't be redeemed. Oh, he also... You're donezo for good. He also didn't even have to do that. Because remember the queen goes, oh, here, put this oil on your hands that protects you from the evil magic in the book. So could he have just done that and not been evil? I guess. No, but they just... They throw that throwaway line in there, and I'm like, hold up. So... Redemption is just not You're just telling ever. me you, you make a mistake, you choose a bad decision uh, because you're flawed, right? And instead of like coping with that and getting over that and improving no you're evil for you're evil forever that's no the message do, we're evil, going with the, the magic turns you evil yeah you, you deserve to be evil because your worldview was challenged and you were flawed and you made it's wandavision rules you touch the evil book you turn you evil. turn evil it's just like it's so like it just felt like at one point there was going to be a redemption arc and then they cut it out and they were like oh we can't do that we need a reason why they we can't do that oh he's just bad he's just no bad you don't you don't actually you don't actually need that you could just say like he's he's bad he's bad dude or just make you don't have to say now he's permanently bad forever you can just make him evil right that's what i'm saying you could have just cut that line out of the movie but the problem is that in order for him to have any motivation they needed him to not be pure evil and so they had to do that. Because otherwise his decisions make no sense. Otherwise they make no sense. Because so they is, had to have that pivot. Evil at the end. And, and because they he, have that pivot, the movie is like morally corrupt because yeah, of that. It's very weird. Yeah. This whole... Oh, one more last thing I want to touch on is the music. So I was looking this up. I looked it up right after the movie because I was really curious who did the songs for this. Because in my opinion, only really two of them okay. make any sense. In and context. I hold this opinion... A Disney movie is only as, as good as of is as only as good as its songs. Yeah, I would say that that's mostly true. Every well, okay, except for Hunchback of Notre Dame, I would say that that's true. But even that, he's got the number where he like belts no, out. No, that's what I'm tongue. saying. His the songs in that movie are way better, like super duper, exactly, but like, super awesome, good. That's why the that movie is like, remembered okay. is because of those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the songs are so core 
to every Disney movie that's a musical. And they hired uh, two people named David Medzger and um, Julia Michaels to do the songs. And I was looking into them and they're like pop people. They do like pop music. And I was like, why are we not getting one an in-house person who has done a Disney music score before? And two, why are we not getting people who do Broadway musicals? Because there's a difference between a pop song and a musical and a musical. They have to be structured. The songs have to be structured in a different way. Yeah. Because a pop song has to be is you're singing can it to it at any time. You're singing about an emotion, a feeling, yeah. an event, right? It's past tense, a pop song. It's already happened. Yeah. Or it's going to happen. And you're singing about it in the now. In a Broadway musical song. It's happening right now. Actions have to be taken in the song. The song has to be what is happening at this moment. Because a song either progresses the plot. The song serves two purposes. Even if the song is about something that's already happened, it's about the character's feelings now. A Broadway song is a, it serves two purposes. To explain parts of the character and to move the story forward. Yeah. And the people who are writing songs for this weren't writing songs that are doing that. So the songs feel very one sudden and two very like stopgap. Yeah. The first three songs just randomly start and randomly stop yes. and nothing the is The first conveyed, opening number is achieved. It's so out of left field. It just goes. She just runs on screen pants for a minute and then starts singing out of nowhere mm -hmm. the second song she's just having a normal conversation and then boom suddenly song there's no transitions the third song she's running away from home she gets to a random bridge and then boom song the fourth song was the first one that had a transition where a character is explaining something and then it fades into song a message is conveyed through the song that moves the story forward the song ends the character has gained new knowledge or a new piece of information or new a new outlook or something and then takes that information and moves forward the fourth song that cut the first three out then yeah you didn't need them they didn't do anything what was the point it just felt like they had songs written yeah for a different version of the movie for well just for the movie in general and they just like a just dropped them in. The first song is the one I was talking about earlier, where like after the movie's already cut together, they're like not the first song. The second them song. In. The second song where it's Asha and Magnifico singing to each yeah. other. They're singing about protecting the the wishes, but they refer to the wishes as you. Mm -hmm. So already it's that's like a little weird. Written to be a duet. It's obviously written to, written to be a duet between the king and queen in a past version of this movie. Yeah. With you being, they want to protect each other, and maybe I assume in that version of the movie, their will to protect each other drove what them does evil. Them evil, yeah. Which that makes sure. sense. That, that has makes... happened. That is an emotion that I could see taking you to that place. In this movie, he just like, I don't know. He's like, I'm evil now. Ruse yeah, no, like me, evil guy. I, I just don't understand. What? Where's? Why did they not pull out the A team for this? Right. Yeah, it's their 100th anniversary movie. They should have had the Avengers of Disney filmmaking. In yeah, they, I mean, and I know people don't like a lot of his songs, but this is your 100th anniversary movie. Call in Manuel Miranda up. He's going to write you a better soundtrack. Oh my than God, the, the soundtrack for Encanto was nonstop. It was everywhere. It was, it was I would argue, grab, in the movie. Grab the Frozen people. The Lopez's, right? Get Call them, in them here. up. Get them in here right now. Get like any of those people. Or even not even that. Call like the Hades Town from Broadway people 
and get them to get do them this. Get them to do some songs. Get a someone song. who has experience in this field to work on this. Use your quintessential Disney animation style that is emblematic of your entire company's history. Find your most skilled directors, your most veteran guys who have directed stuff before. Put them in Put there. Put the A-team Put on in this. all those classic Disney elements. Put in the evil, evil villain. Put in the romance. Put in the magic. Put, where is all that? Everything that's like a Disney reference in this is so surface level. You know what the biggest Disney reference in this whole movie was? Is it the seven friends that are the no, seven No, it's the dwarves? fact that Magnifico is Disney corporate. He sucks up everyone's dreams. Yep. He makes it illegal to do magic. Mm -hmm. he, he sucks everyone's memories out so they can't do the things they want to do themselves. And then he like forces everyone to like live within his like con constructed worldview. Like he's he is effectively Disney corporate in this like during the creation of this project. Well, they finally freed themselves from Walt, I guess. Maybe in the next movie it will be better. Yeah, this movie is that. just it's just really underwhelming. Um, this whole centennial... The references are all terrible. The references are... The, yeah, they're all the bad. Seven they're the, poorly placed, The seven too. dwarf friends is really dumb because mm -hmm. none of them have enough screen time to no, make No, anytime they're together, they just reference. have the grumpy one be grumpy. The grumpy one is just... His characterization is all over the place, and it doesn't make any sense. The dumb one's just dumb. The sleepy one's not even sleepy. I don't know what the main friend was even supposed to be. What is she yeah. supposed to be? The one who uses crutches like which dwarf was that? there's also non-existent setup and payoff yeah it just doesn't happen there's uh, very early on we hear about uh asha's mother and her i guess her grandfather's wish right mm -hmm. yeah we no, hear, the mother and the grandfather hear the wish. grandfather's wish which is that he wants to inspire the next generation which is a very and, okay. disney act thing, one the theme tag. character wants to do this it is his goal in life to do this <laughs> act three comes around that character's still in the movie. It would be a pretty good time for him to fulfill that wish. You know what would have been really interesting? Set and up. A little bit sad, but Pay interesting off. that they could have done? What if he dies in the second act? Yeah. He never gets to fulfill his wish. Now Asha has really strong motivation to be taking down this Magnifico guy. Her grandfather, yeah. one of the most important people in her life was robbed of his wish forever. Yeah. And she doesn't want that to happen to anyone else. But instead, nah, she, he gets his wish and back. They said and they at the like, beginning... Kind of plays the guitar like, a little bit. Oh, that's my mom's wish. That's her special wish. I better protect that one. And you're like, oh, that's, we're going to find out at the end wish, then. what her mom's wish was. No. No. It's not even like... And it's not in a cool. It's not in a cool Pulp Fiction way. It's in like a they just forgot way. No, it's not even like a surface level like, oh... Her wish was that she would have a daughter who's as wonderful as you, Asha. Which is so easy and the obvious cop-out That's answer. like... They didn't even do that. That's like one-yard goal line touchdown easy setup there. Yeah. And they don't even do that. No. She gets her wish back. We don't hear what it is and the movie ends. That would be like if you were one one yard from the end zone and you get the ball and then you just like stop You just sit. And you just sit on the field. And pick at the and grass. No, and every, all the other players also just like, oh, eh, nah. And go home. They just leave and the game ends. Yeah. It's so dumb. Like, it's just, it's so weird. There's so many strange storytelling decisions. Baffling stuff that just actively hurts the movie. Like, the star character is annoying and just there to sell plushies. The star character, I got one good laugh out of me. I like the scene when he first shows up 
and he like slowly turns and it's kind of funny yeah i like that that was it he, the i did the rest he was just the goat dumb. animal sidekick was the most like he said a mm. couple funny things but like he did not need to be there he contributed nothing to this there I, I think they're definitely just spinning a wheel at this point yeah they're like we gotta have this we gotta have this goat with a deep this. voice is in this one it'll be silly this time baby goat with a deep okay. voice the the romance in frozen was a commentary on a disney trope this was also like a play on a Disney trope, but they didn't do anything. They didn't say anything with it. It was it was like a spin on a classic yeah. Disney trope, but they didn't comment on it at all. On like the it idea of like, like your silly. wish and like it's your big life purpose. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And like the cute little animal side you know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like even just... even in Moana, there's that throwaway line where he's like, You you have the animal, you have this, yeah. you're a princess. That's a better commentary than in this movie. Goat goes, I'm a yeah. deep voice goat. Like, okay. Yeah. That's it's just, cool. this movie is just so, it's just so scared to challenge. I found it with my butt. It's, it's scared to challenge the audience and it's scared to challenge like its own ideas. Yeah. And it's very, it's very apparent to anyone yeah. watching. I would not recommend Wish. I absolutely would not recommend Wish either. Right. Um, that's all percent battery left on this laptop uh scott pilgrim is okay uh i don't think it was so great. About scott pilgrim's takes off the netflix it takes series. off uh the animation was really good um the story was okay i would have liked to see a straight-up adaptation of the the novel which i feel is a lot better than the movie which you i'm not a huge comic? fan of but i still kind of like the graphic novel um there's several there's eight yes the graphic novel series yes um it's one story <laughs> but uh i would have liked to see an adaptation of that i think that the novel has a lot stronger characterization and a lot more interesting commentary on relationships and relationship dynamics as opposed to the show which didn't really have a lot of that at all did a little bit towards the end but really it was just like an action anime um i would watch it if you have the time don't go out of your way to see it. if you're a big scott pilgrim fan you'll like it these characters are strong enough that they can be taken and used for other stories and still be interesting um but this version of the story i feel like is not quite as compelling as the original that's my take on that i won't spoil it because it is kind of the part of what makes it fun is that it is a twist on the original story so i won't spoil what makes it different if you like scott pilgrim check it out if you're not i wouldn't recommend this to be your first uh sort of dip in the, the scott pilgrim tub yeah, that's anyway. pretty much it. That's all for Scott Pilgrim. Then that's that's, that's all for this week. battery. So we got to wrap it up right now. Bye bye. <laughs>